Mountain Wellness, optimizing human performance to extend longevity for mountain athletes. What up, mountain athletes and outdoor adventurers? Welcome to another episode of the Mountain Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Reed, and I'm joined, as always, with my mountain brother, Mr. Mike Mahina. Yeah, boy. <laughs> ah, California to Montana, man. Let's get after it. Let's ride. Let's enjoy the last bit of, I feel like summer's starting to, to wind down here in the Northwest. You can feel the, the hint of fall in the air, dude. It's, it's kind of crazy how, how fast it starts to creep up around here. Oh, man. I can't. You know what's hard for me is to do heat sauna when it's hot outside. Like when you're sitting on the couch sweating and you're like, well, I got to get in the sauna. It's just there's no motivation <laughs> to get into extra heat. I'm finding that difficult to do. Uh, it's so true. By the way, did you get your clear light sauna yet? Oh my gosh, it's on its it's so okay, so yeah, it's on its way. Actually, it would have been here in August, but I'm gone so much in August that I'm like we have to wait till like September 1st in order for it to to arrive. So, shipping takes weeks, I guess, and but it's ready. It's like they're like go get it. Dude, it's well. I'm excited for you to get it cuz now we can start experimenting together. I can share some of my <laughs> So my uh, training protocols and be like, hey, Mike, try this out. Let me know what you oh. think. Yeah, I just need about a so. week to explain explain it to my wife why I got that. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing when I got your text the other day. You're like, yeah, they're uh, clear light shipping. But I haven't told Catherine yet. I'm like, oh, man, you better tell her before that thing arrives on your... <laughs> Oh, on your driveway semi truck huh what's this honey is this my gift is this the gift you got i'm like uh <laughs> yeah we'll see. and it comes on a pallet it's like a full-on like it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big ass delivery i kept telling her it's coming <laughs> so, but she i don't think she believes me <laughs> oh right. dude that's so good i had a um i actually just finished up with my son i had an uh, awesome training session this morning i did uh been really enjoying kettlebells the last i don't know i've been really into kettlebells lately and Hmm. uh um even to the extent i want to get my strong first kettlebell certification wow awesome i didn't know i had that yeah like strong first is like the premier kettlebell not even kettlebell but uh strength one of the premier strength programs um as far as like coaching or uh training and stuff like that certifications now, Mr. Uh, Kenny Kane, our previous guest, I know all of his coaches at Oak Parker, uh, strong first certified kettlebell and strength coaches. So they're legit. Mm. It's good stuff. And I do but like I, the kettlebell. Uh, I like it. I just, oh, I don't dude. know. It's one of those things that just swing yeah. that thing around, man. Oh, dude, it's so functional. For the mountain athlete, I don't think there's anything better, to be honest. Um, mm. it, it's definitely an accessory to a power lifter or a crossfitter. Um, but for a mountain athlete, I think it's a excellent, outstanding tool for everything from balance, proprioception, strength, um, coordination, all the things that really, you know, define athleticism. So ah, anyways, right. I did a, a kettlebell workout, uh, some swings, kettlebell cleans. Uh, I love these figure eight pass throughs, which I think are, you know, going back to, um, it being such a great tool for the mountain athlete, 
snowboarder, for example, the kettle, the uh, figure eight pass throughs, you basically do, you know, pass it through your legs and go around in a figure eight. Uh, but every time that weight loads at the back, it pulls you on your heels and you have to like, you know, obviously like hold the load and, but it's a great balance, uh, exercise. And then, uh, hopped on the rower on the concept two, and I don't know, did about 1500 meters and then hopped in the sauna. So I'm feeling outstanding right now, dude. Wait, that's crazy. Cause like I know, okay. So you're doing that workout, you're getting your body's heating up. I mean, it's just naturally heating up. And then after mm-hmm. that, you get in the sauna. So, cause that's like even more heat. So how does that, like, what does that feel like? Uh, the, the biggest, really the only difference that I notice is like get to my sweat much quicker. Well, usually sure. it takes me, you know, 15 minutes to get to that full on just pouring sweat within right. five minutes. Cause my core body temperature is already up. Uh, and I do about 10 minutes less. I'm, I'm doing like 20 minutes after a workout where if I'm just going in there, but you know, without a workout, it's, I'm doing 30 to 40 minutes. Mm. So it just, uh, just depends. But I love so, it. That's what got me into saunas in the first place was post-exercise. I just love the, it's like the cherry on top, I feel. And that's that's interesting also too, because I go into, when I come back from a run or do something heated, I go into the cold because it seems to relax and and, and uh, bring me back down and kind of make me feel refreshed when I come out. So it's interesting that we have our, our after treatments that, you know, kind of bring us back down to, to earth after a workout. It's pretty cool. Well, and I don't like... I think the ultimate recovery would be go right into the sauna and then go into the, you know, an ice tub or a a cold, cold plunge. Like that would be Mm. ideal if I had that. That's why I love the winter because I can go right out of the sauna into, you know, 20 degree weather outside, just prop that back door open. Make some snow Um, angels. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Steamy snow angels, got this, got <laughs> like those NFL players, you know, when you yeah. see them on the side of the side, you know, the sidelines in the winter, and they're just like furnaces. The steam's rising off them. Oh, I yeah. love that. So, all right, well, let's get into uh, let's let's announce our our winner for last week's gear review and giveaway. I know we got an awesome review on on iTunes or on Apple. Yep, this was on Apple iTunes, and it was from OTM1206. I do not know what that means, but that is their handle. <laughs> but but it was a great review. I really, really appreciate it. Even more because it said, I love the intro music. And so that was cool because it's like that was something that you yeah. know, we worked on and we put together ourselves. So. So it says, love the intro music, great conversation with friends. It's great to hear about the adventures of a 10-year friendship. Good laughter, good dialogue great motivation and inspiring thanks guys and so that was a awesome. i really like that review man that was awesome yeah thanks for the awesome review and uh, i'm not even going to try to repeat that handle oh but shoot us uh if you hear it um shoot us uh an email at info at mountainwellness.life or um a dm on instagram message on facebook and we'll get some metabolically friendly instant coffee out from fat fuel um, perfect for your next adventure. So, yeah, and actually, this one's going to be a keto hot chocolate. This is a new. Uh, they just sent it out to us. Fat Fuel did, which was awesome. And it, I'm looking forward to tasting it. Although, probably on our next trip. So, 
Yeah, we'll have this. I haven't got to try that one yet. I know we have a whole, I think there's like 15 in a bag. So they're going to be set up with mountain cocoa. Uh, Yeah. And shout out to fat fuel. Um, they just, they hooked us up. So thank you guys. We love your products and, uh, um, good stuff, man. I love it. Yeah. And to win this next week. Yeah. to, To win. All you have to do is, is follow the mountain wellness dot podcast on Instagram and tag a friend. That's it. Um, and then also we have. You can also do follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then you can just leave a five star review if you want. We always appreciate that. But it's a great. Those are the two simplest things you could do. And then we we announce the yeah. winner every two weeks. And again, it's the Mountain Wellness Podcast on Instagram, or leave us a review on Spotify, Apple. All right, and this week we're going to do another box of Fat Fuel. So, since Fat Fuel was so gracious and hooked it up, we're going to hook up one of you guys with uh, fat, some Fat Fuel again. So, Mike just told you how to do it. So, get yeah. on it. Much Mountain. love. You know, it really helps us. Yeah, it really helps us get the podcast out there. And um, so I think we can you. call that Mountain Athlete Coffee at this point. <laughs> for sure that's good stuff um well dude i think the listeners are gonna love today's guest that we got coming on the show um i feel like we're i mean we just had some phenomenal top mountain athletes and today's guest is uh is one of those and mike why don't you go ahead and uh why don't you go ahead and tell them who it is you got you got all of her her amazing accomplishments right in front of you. Well, I reached out to Rose Grant, yes, and she I saw that she had won the Leadville 100, uh, and I thought that was pretty extraordinary. Anybody that goes 100 miles to me, I just <laughs> just kind of look at sideways because it's an unbelievable accomplishment, whether regardless of you whether you win or not. But she happened to win as well, so. Her name is Rose Grant. She's a five-time mountain bike marathon national champion. She's four-time world champion national team member. Of course, I just said Leadville 100 MTB champion in 2019. And then she plays second in the Israel Epic Stage Race, which I'm not familiar with that. So hopefully we'll get to hear about that. But she is yeah, we'll a, about that one. a champion. I mean, you know, you could, you could, it says champion all over this. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And first, you know, a little bit, of, a little bit of context. We got a couple of our athletes who raced in the Butte 100, which is uh, here a local mountain bike race here in Montana, Butte, Montana, and is also up there with Leadville, one of the toughest cross country mountain bike races. And um, I mean, it's brutal. And uh, after um, talking to some of my athletes that rode in it and hearing how hard it was, it, you know, kind of sparked our curiosity mike and i like you know what kind of like what does it take to win this thing like let's start researching some of the top uh racers in the butte 100 and rose was a female winner and right uh, both both mentally both mentally and physically it's like there's two sides to that you know and that's what uh, that's what interests me greatly yeah so i mean i'm excited to really dig into what drives you know what her purpose is what her drive is talk about some some of her, her training um, definitely fueling strategies. Um, I want to talk mm-hmm. to her about that because we know the Butte 100 or any endurance races, uh, 
that's a big part of it. It's it's a huge part of it with especially with the heat. I know the B one hundred was really hot, smoky, so I'm excited. Let's uh let's get into this, dude. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Sweet. Let's go have a conversation with Rose Grant. Welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so um I'm pretty stoked because you're a fellow Montanan. Um, yeah. The Recovery Den, which I'm recording in right now, is we're located in Montana City, just outside of Helena. And you are located where? Columbia Falls, which is near Whitefish uh, by Glacier Park, northwest Montana. So I haven't, I oh. haven't been up that way, but I heard it's just like, that's a gorgeous spot. That's where I want to go. Yeah, yeah. Glacier yeah it is really nice and everyone else thinks so too so (laughs) yeah it's definitely gotten busy but uh for a good reason Uh, right so are you from montana originally yeah actually i was born in northern california but my parents moved um our family to darby montana which is in the bitterroot valley when i was nine so, although I wasn't born there, I was raised there, and so I, I feel like yes, I'm. I feel like I'm as native as it gets. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. And Darby's a, well, you, a small mountain town, I would say. Yeah, it's. Uh, Is that well, how you, you found sports, or? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Corey. No, I was just going to make a joke about um, the whole like. <laughs> she knows how hard it is like you're not a montanan unless you're like literally born on the soil and we have a joke on the argue with me <laughs> <laughs> so, totally yeah. and and i know very well i'm from southern california moved here uh about four years ago and my wife okay. is her her family is is rooted here they go all the way back to like french fur trappers so and uh, and I always joke like my mother-in-law owns a local restaurant, and so my family's my wife's family is very rooted. And it's like, okay, if I got a pass as a Southern Californian, like this is it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you grew up uh, the the Bitterroots. That's a pretty gnarly mountain range, correct? Yeah, um, yeah. It backs up to the wilderness, and um, yeah, it's wild there, and we have like great wilderness backcountry access for backpacking i grew up backpacking um my dad was just a really um passionate mountain man who uh was also from california he grew up in salinas and just had this like oh yeah yeah, just passionate desire to explore every backcountry lake and fish every backcountry lake that existed and um you know yeah his uh motto was uh he liked it uh, in the summer. He liked to cast a fly, and in the winter, he liked it deep and dry. So <laughs> that's definitely uh, <laughs> he's passed away now, but it's definitely oh. I feel like the legacy that he is just enrooted in um, us kids. And I have four brothers, yeah, and uh, we all just like really have taken to that and uh, don't take that for granted. And um, yeah, it's a part of who we are now as well. So did you play, 
did you get uh, along with you know exploring and adventuring in the mountains and that's just so awesome i had a very similar experience with my dad exposing me to a mountain adventure and the outdoors at a young age um but did you also play traditional sports through uh adolescent and high school yeah a bit um so we all homeschooled and being in like a pretty small town uh there was limited opportunity i would say so we did gravitate more towards individual sports like skiing in the winter yeah. and backpacking and and then i did uh soccer and softball um we did taekwondo uh and mm. i was really into horses um like I would say from about 11 until I went to college. Um, yeah. So equestrian. And then um, my older brother, but never really anything on like a really advanced level. Probably softball yeah. was the most advanced that I, I ever did. And, um, but never really like, I would say like aspiring for like, uh, um, you know, to go to college to play something really wasn't in the cards for me just because I didn't have opportunity. Um, yeah. And so my brother got, he started working at a bike shop in Hamilton, which was near us in high school and got into riding mountain bikes a bit. And so I did as well, but I did just for a short time because getting plugged in, there was just nothing that kind of could, I could get plugged into. Um, yeah. Whereas now they have NICA, which is so awesome. Um, and I would have just died to have something like that when I was young. Because uh, I always really enjoyed endurance sports and being active and fit and all of those things. And, you know, it was competitive. And, um, but yeah, I just never really, yeah, it wasn't ever in the cards for me. So it's kind of interesting how like things loop back around. But yeah, so growing up was more just like adventure and, and have fun <laughs> right so do, where would you it's interesting you both have oh, I was just going to say it's interesting that you both have a background in like where your your dad or it seems like you maybe your dad wrote kind of raised you in that backcountry and it's interesting because I never had that. Like my dad never, he didn't even like camping. Oh. So I just fell in, I fell into scouts and I learned about the backcountry from other guys that were, that were really operated well in the backcountry. Like they just very efficient. Mm -hmm. And so that grew from there. And now it's, of course, it's become a huge passion of mine to go backpacking and yeah. get into the backcountry when I, when I can. Totally. So it's interesting that you can s still find it even if you didn't have it around you. Yeah. Yeah, there is a way. My husband is similar. Your your mm, husband okay, is, right. your husband's uh does he ride as well? Is he into um, mountain well, biking? Well, just as and, far as like having a passion for the like the backcountry. Yeah, backcountry and but he was raised in Maine, which um it's still nice, but it's not it doesn't have he says Montana is like Maine on steroids where you just have like, <laughs> you know, like a vast wilderness that Maine yeah, doesn't necessarily yeah. have. Um, you know, you, you just can't get out there as far and conditions are just sure. a little bit different. And so, yeah, I mean, that was like, I, I still tease him to this day. It's like, that's why, that's what made you fall in love with me is because I was from Montana more than anything else. Like you just <laughs> love the fact that I was from Montana. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, he's just like, 
so ever since we moved back to Montana in 2007, um, same, like he's just like been, you know, in heaven, basically, like he loves it. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, it, with my experience with Montana, it's been like one thing you, I've spent a lot of time in Colorado. I, I grew up um, in the Eastern Sierra Nevada mountains, adventuring San Bernardino mountains, like all over in California. But one thing it's so different um, that I've like experienced in Montana is it doesn't matter which way you go. Like you just walk out your door and pick a direction and you're going to be in beautiful wilderness and where it's like California, it's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta take a little bit of a little bit of a drive to an area. And then once we're there, you're in it, but it's like here, it's just like you're (laughs) living in it. I walk out my front door and I'm in it. So I just, that's, yeah, I drive 186 miles to the Eastern (laughs) Sierras to go camping. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to have passion to make to make that trip, you know. Totally. Yeah. So when would you say you because we uh, we were talking in the intro about some of your achievements um, in mountain biking and you're you know the races that you're winning are the toughest mountain bike is mountain bike races in the country. You're, you know Leadville and the Butte 100. Where did you in in your youth? Where did you you know, sort of figure out or find that edge that like, man, I got, I like to compete. I like to push it. If you didn't play like, you know, organized Mm -hmm. high school sports or like, where did that, that, that sort of light switch just flick on? Like, Oh man, I, I like this. I like to get after it and really compete. Um, I mean, I always had it. I really think had I like had some grooming or like more opportunity, I, I think I could have gone on to play a lot of different things. Um, at a high level. Um, but, and so I, I do feel grateful that I didn't find one specific sport at a young age because they gave me the opportunity to just get to play a lot of different things and have fun and not Mm. always be pushing for like high results and like, you know, like high performance at a young age. I think that can be a tricky balance. Um, and so I, I guess, like I said, I went uh, in high school. I, I rode a little bit just for fun. I did a few races, like went, went, I, just a couple. Like I went to a low, low pass for a race. And this was when I was 15, 16, probably. Um, mm, yeah. Race a little in Missoula. Um, so just really local things. And, you know, I was 15 racing, you know, beginner. But I, you know, I won those races. Really didn't think anything about it. And then at 17, <laughs> I went to college in Florida. Just used to winning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was low scale, you know? So it's like, well, I just thought I won because no one else was there. I didn't have any other com- competitors. And so then I went to college in Pensacola, Florida, <laughs> and I really didn't ride a bike um, really much at all. Um, so I ran a lot for fitness and I swam and I, but nothing really organized. They did collegiate soccer, but that was pretty much it. Um, but I ran a lot and I lifted and just swam. Oh, and, so you played um, collegiate soccer? Yeah. Like it oh, will okay. intramural. So, like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And that was really fun. Um, and then I met my husband at college our senior year and we got married the following year and being from Maine, I moved there first 
And we lived there for three years before relocating to Montana. So at that point, I was in my mid-20s and mm-hmm. was still running primarily. Like I had ran, I'd, I'd done like a runner's world uh, training program and trained myself and ran and ran a marathon that qualified me for Boston and ran Boston in 2007. Um, so these oh, are sick. all kinds of things that I've just like pushed myself to do because I just enjoy pushing myself mm-hmm. and, um, but I didn't really know anything, you know, and so I'm just kind of navigating my way through. And then we moved back to Montana in 2007 and I was still running a lot and kind of built friendships with other young women who liked to run and was kind of pushing my own personal boundaries that way. But just over and over again, I would get sidelined from overuse injuries, probably because I wasn't training properly. But Mm -hmm. through those overuse injuries, I found the bike and um, we were, we relocated back to Columbia or the Flathead Valley where we are. So lots of more opportunity for bike racing and um, outdoor activities are just a little bit more advanced there than in Darby. And plus it was, you know, a good decade later and did some local racing um, on the same old mountain bike that I had in high school and, and, you know, just out of, you know, off the couch and I'd be winning these local races, you know, against, you know, the, the local hero girls, you know, I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, well, that's so good. You know, I was like, well, maybe there's more to this than, you know, maybe this isn't just because nobody good is here. I don't know. <laughs> and so I got invited to uh, join a, a shop team, the sportsman ski house. Um, it's like the kind of the elite te- Montana team, I think in a lot of ways. And at the time it was mm. male only. And so I felt like, Oh my goodness, like, these guys want me to ride on their team. Like I have never even owned a USA cycling (laughs) license. You know, I have very little, I don't have a resume. I have very little results, you know, but you know, for whatever reason, you know, they, they wanted me to be on their team. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it like a hundred percent committed. And so, Mm. um, yeah, I was just like all in and went to some regional races, went to nationals in 2000, this is 2011 now mm. as an amateur. And I won, um, my age division, um, at, in cross country Olympic nationals, and then also mountain bike marathon nationals and everything in the state of Montana, um, and everything regional that I raced. And so I was like, gosh, I, to look into upgrading to pro because I have no competition. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still winning. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. I just still winning. So, kind yeah, of I mean, and so I definitely had like an yeah. athletic talent, you know, like this kind of built into me to, and I think um, having yeah. skied a lot growing up, knowing how to ski, I think it does translate into descending on a mountain bike. Um. Mm. And so I did upgrade to pro in 2012 and also we got pregnant with our daughter Layla in 2012. So I had done like my first pro U S cup race in Colorado Springs. And then I went up to Canada and I raced a stage race up there and I would have like a suspicion. And then I found out it was just, this was June. So my first few years of my professional career was definitely not like typical. 
Um, cause I had her then in March of the following year. And then I had to pick my events like pretty sparingly. So I attended nationals and like maybe a few others, but you know, just with an infant it was, you know, and I, I really had like very limited support and yeah. was spending money to go race, not making anything. <laughs> um, right. and so it was, yeah, it was just kind of interesting, but I was able to get some results that I was able to get onto a better team in 2015. Um, mm-hmm. That was like a professional team. I got a little budget and um, was able to start pursuing some more races. And um, and then in 2016, just, yeah, you know, continued building my res- resume. In 2016, I was able to join the Sam's Pivot Pro team. Um, and that was like the best thing that was able, it happened to me like, and you know, I think those stars just aligned for me. Like I found my calling really mm. as like, mm-hmm. yeah, things came full circle. And, it, I was yeah, just like, it kept, and it kept, it kept calling you as you're winning. It's like, yeah. you keep winning going, I, I, I don't know. I just, and, then, and so, yeah, it's been calling you the whole time. Yeah. I, I know that. And, and you kept following it. You're like, okay, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It, you're exactly spot on. And um, and I look back then, you know, camping in a tent with an infant, you know, and I'm nursing and, you know, I had to have, <laughs> you know, either my husband there or in-laws or my mom or somebody, you know, had to come to these races. <clears throat> and looking back, it's like, gosh, like that was kind of crazy. You know, I can't imagine. But in the moment... <laughs> My eyes were yeah. so wide open, like this huge, you know, like I yeah. just discovered this amazing thing and I felt like my life had come That's... full circle and, you know, it just worked. Like I just made it work and I never really questioned it. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I mean, so many things can happen and over and over, I feel like I was just really blessed with like results, you know, you don't ever want to mm-hmm. like put your value in a result on a num, you know, on a spreadsheet, but it does carry weight when you're trying to gain support and sponsorship and partnerships sure. and things like that. And sure. so it all just kind of continued to evolve and fall into place. And then I found myself on the stance pivot pro team, which is one of the most legit cross country mountain bike proteins in the nation. And, um, and that continued to just groom me too as a professional and um yeah give me more support that 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 i needed yeah that's what i was just gonna ask is with being on a team like that what what kind of um what does your support look like are you getting one-on-one coaching is it strength conditioning is it fueling is it mobility or is it just having that um like that that support that team that you you guys go race together and you have the support That's like a when, tribal when, thing yeah yeah when you're there or is it more <laughs> more inclusive yeah a lot of the training and um preparation is uh individual um we a lot mm-hmm. of us have you know it's up to us who who our coach is going to be and um so my coach is jason Tullis. he's so he lives in arizona um, and I live in Montana, so he coaches me from a distance. Um, and so we all have, we work different coaches. We all have different strength and conditioning routines. 
Um, so primarily that team is just that we have like this, like the same sponsors and we show up at an event together and we house together. And then if there is an opportunity for team tactics, then that could come into play. There's less opportunity for that in mountain biking than road cycling. Um, and then of Mm. course, like, you know, if it were just Chloe Woodruff and I at a race, like we'd work together, um, and then Keegan was the only male, so he'd, he'd be racing separate. So team tactics really wouldn't be, but just the team camaraderie, I think. And then, um, you know, the team would support us with mechanic, um, and race support and, you know, typically cover like lodging and food and things like that for the events. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is, uh, I'm curious, um, what your in season race season, um, let's just call it training looks like versus your out of season training. So, uh, I would imagine you're not doing a lot of endurance type of training in season. It's, it's more focused on, uh, recovery and that kind of stuff, or maybe I'm completely wrong. I'd love for you to kind of share what the, the two different seasons of training look like for you. Yeah. The, I mean, there's definitely, you know, different blocks and builds within the year. And I, um, so in the off season, I'll cover that because I winter differently than a lot of my peers do living in whitefish. And yeah. I choose to winter there. Um, and several oh, of my right. peers the choose to, to winter in Arizona or, uh, you know, or they're more, they're in a climate like even Utah where they can easily go to St. George or, Moab or, you know, and get good mm-hmm. training in and maybe I'll do a winter training camp and I'll go south for a week. Um, but otherwise I have changed kind of my approach to my winter training. Whereas I used to spend a lot more time on my trainer indoors, which is my bike set up on a, like a mobile stand basically that I can train on or a spin bike. Um, and I still do that. I still put in the work on that, but I do mainly just my structure, like my intensity and my um, intervals um, on that setup specifically. And I try to keep that at uh, two hours or less in the winter time. Yes. And then I'll take so my. So you're really focusing on like keeping that VO2 max up and like where you're not like completely falling off, but it's not as much yeah. focus on the long endurance yeah, feats. And- yeah, and I do like tempo and sub threshold efforts too. Um, so it's it's staying strong on the bike, but I'm not necessarily like advancing volume um, and things like that. It can the trainer can make you sharp though, which I really do like a lot. And your time there is incredibly efficient. And so sometimes a two hour ride is, I mean, you get so much out of that that it's it's really a great thing for parents too. Like you just maximize but i nordic ski i really like to skate ski and so to add volume i'll do that um and then you know build in like uh skinning the mountain or backcountry skiing and um and so that's kind of how i add volume and then oftentimes i do i am able to get out on the road on my mountain bike um even in the winter time the roads aren't always covered in snow and ice so yeah. I'll still try to get out and do like three hour rides, just endurance rides. I love getting um, out in the winter week. in Montana. It's just so like the air in the winter being outside. It's so crisp. You know, and- yeah. 
and you get used to it. I think the biggest thing is wind chill, but if you dress properly and you have the right gear, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. So as long as the roads so are safe enough to be on as far as just conditions, um, I don't mind at all going out. I'll go out like my temperature border, like limit is about 20 degrees. Like if it's, I've been yeah. out in 19 before 20 degrees is about my limit when I'm on the road and there's all that wind chill and everything. <laughs> um, sure. Otherwise I'll just go skate. Yeah. And then add in a lot more strength training too in the off season. Um, and then as the weather changes, I kind of just restructure my training almost to accommodate the weather pattern. So I'll start building volume, doing longer training rides. Um, but like all this spring, all my races have been pretty short, pretty short and higher intensity um, hmm. as for the pro pro US cup races. Um, and then just like recently, like the beat 100, um, I'm just starting to go into a longer race, like my longer event. So, um, yeah. And so, so then is you're the 100 considered, is the 100s considered like a, those are the longer, like a, a long cross country yeah, race in mountain biking? Me. Yeah. They're, they're an ultra, um, you know, there's like crazy yeah. ultras, but I would say like a hundred is, yeah. I mean, you know, like <laughs> hundreds crazy enough to be. Hours, you know, the Butte One Hundred took me nine and a half hours, and I really can't Dang, imagine like trying to be on the bike longer than that. Um, yeah, you know that was my longest race as far as time goes. But you know, I feel like as I do get older, because I'm 38, you know, it's like I'm probably mm. not getting faster at this point if I can maintain my speed uh, for a few more years that's good but i can go longer because you know i've mm. just been in it for a while now and mentally i know how to which, handle longer so which which makes me wonder about the fueling for such those kind of races when you get into those those lengths yeah so like yeah. the Butte 100 like where does that compare like is that one of the toughest races on your circuit that you do yeah, I've never done that race before because it's never lined up with my race schedule and it's not a high priority mm -hmm. event. It's just, it's kind of a mm -hmm. local, you know, local Montana sure. race. You don't get a lot of right. out of state people or like there's not a very deep pro field. Um, so I've never been able Compared to. Compared to something it. like Leadville where they have a Correct. lottery. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's like it. Butte 100 is not something that's on like a typical pros like calendar. Um, it's more of a, like mm. a local pro kind of type of event. Right. Um, but I was super happy to get to do it. And it, yeah, exactly. In those long races, it really is, it comes down to pacing and feeling. Um, and yeah. yeah, like you go out too hard or you don't eat enough at the beginning. You just, you die off way too early. And so I wanted a big part of the reason I did Butte was I wanted a longer race effort prior to Leadville, which is what I have coming up next. And mm. so just an opportunity you're to defending, practice. Are you defending champion with Leadville too? Uh, yeah. Um, I won Leadville in 2019. That was my first 100. Wow. And um, 
I didn't really know what to expect. And mm-hmm. I just went out and did it. And I also kind of realized I do have, I think, a pretty, um, a, just an innate ability to pace really well yeah. and fuel really well. Um, I know what I need and I'm able to just execute it. And so when I finished the race, Floodville in 2019, I looked at um, one of our, Kenny, our, he was the team kind of athlete manager for Stan Snow Tubes. And so I looked at him and I said, Doc, I think you're right. Like, I think I could be pretty good at these longer races. And mm. I have only done, I guess, one other. I did a gravel race that was six and a half hours last fall. And then I did the Mm -hmm. V 100. So I don't have a lot of those long events under my belt. Um, But I do think that I have a future there as, you know, I'm kind of pushing, also pushing for you. (laughs) Um, And, you know, like I didn't, I think, you know, when I had Layla, I was 30, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's kind of just, I didn't get into it until, yeah, I was late and later. And sometimes I, you know, wish I would have found it earlier in my life, but it all works out, right? Well, that's like, the beautiful all- part of endurance. Totally. But that's a beautiful part of endurance sports is like, you really can be competitive, you know, through your forties, fifties. Yeah. Um, I even have some athletes that are and not on the pro circuit, obviously, but you know, racing in their sixties. Yeah. So oh, I do sure. love that about, you know, the endurance sports and, and those pursuits. And it's funny. I, I feel like there's a theme with you though, where you just kind of show up and, <laughs> and clean up the course. And it's like, Oh yeah, I, I did pretty good at, at, at this event. Um, <laughs> I guess I could be, be good at these longer races. I should so do this again. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, kind of, um, I'm humbled, you know, like I feel sound like, like you, yeah. It doesn't sound like you're pursuing, you're like, I got, I'm going to win, I got to win, I got to win. It's not, it doesn't seem like you necessarily, at least when you started, that you weren't thinking that way. You yeah. just were competitive and you went hard and then you just won. Yeah. yeah and I think, better. you know, like that was always a flaw and I still struggle with confidence, right? Like I think hmm. uh, women in general tend to more than men, but yeah. But you'd be healthy because it drives you. Yeah. Just as a young girl, like when I would show up to the start line, and look around, you know, and like, you're kind of like sizing up the other women that are there. You're like, Oh, she looks really fast, you know, or she, you know, has the (laughs) right clothes and cool glasses and Oh, she must be so fast, (laughs) you know, and you show up and you, your body knows how to go hard and push limits Mm -hmm. and you win or whatever. And you're like, Oh, wow. (laughs) That was crazy. Um, so just, I've just really worked on like trying to find confidence in, in that especially now and like you know what to do you know you're good at this you know you just it sounds like you know your body really it. well too yeah i mean a yeah. lot of i mean you know you were saying fueling you know like i know what i need and and i'm curious like are, what, yeah i'd love to kind of talk uh, of eating or talk a little bit about like fueling because there's so many different approaches with endurance sports mike and i are a huge yeah, i would think so. huge fan of like metabolic flexibility and definitely being like um a primarily a, a fat burning athlete up until the event 
but if you have that mm-hmm. being metabolically flexible once you're at the event like you know once your body's pushing it you can you become a furnace you can put pretty much anything in still clean sources of fuel but trying to like say maintain like no i'm not eating carbohydrates because you know i'm keto is just completely ridiculous um in yeah the race. yeah so for a long race um i have I have an extremely difficult time eating solid food. Um, you know, just like, mm-hmm. it's just very difficult for me. Like just trying to, to get it down. It when you're I mean, I can, mm-hmm. if yeah. I can get it into my belly, I'm okay. But it's just like the process of trying <laughs> sure. to get it from my mouth into my stomach. Um, just yeah. because mm-hmm. you're, you know, kind of everything is just worked up. You're breathing hard, your heart rate's sure. up, your meta, your metabolism is way high and, you're salivating, like, you know, you're just a kind of a mess. And so I have found that for racing, and this is how I would feel for a race that's longer, like shorter races that are probably four or less hours. I would typically just use gel and drink mix. Mm -hmm. And I work with goo. Um, so I really like their rock team because it has amino acids, it has electrolytes and it has calories. And so if oh, I yeah, put their good. hydration mix in my bottles, I'm getting calories and I'm getting all those other things also. Um, yeah. and then, and I'll, I'll do bottles of drink mix and bottles of water. So I'm, I am breaking it up and then I'll do gels on top of that. Um, and I aim for 250 calories an hour and that's, a short race or a long race, but short races Hmm. aren't as detrimental as long races. Um, and then for long races, really the only difference is I will make homemade rice bars out of sushi rice. And, Hmm. um, I wrap them in parchment foil and I basically, yeah, I just have like this recipe where I'll add, it's really, they're savory too, which is really nice. It's a nice change from all the sweet. But they're still a simple yeah. carbohydrate, and they break down quickly, and it's just a nice change. Um, so oh, I, I'm a cook- huge fan of sushi rice. Yeah, it's just it's, and it's for, you know it's for the exact easy. reason you said it. Yeah, and it's pretty easy to to consume. Um, even if I feel mm-hmm. like I can't chew it, if I can get it into my cheek and just let it set for a second, like I can almost just swallow yeah. it without even really chewing it, and just drink some water and get it down and get it down um so i'll do like yeah 250 calories an hour and then i'll work in um like for butte for example i ate three rice bars um in the first probably 60 miles of the race and then mm-hmm. supplemented with gels and my drink mix and after a while i kind of lose track of like where i'm at as far as calories per hour you know like right, you're, just right, going. you're just going so you're really going off a of yeah. feel and um yep. i think as long as you like and, i don't mm-hmm. have any stomach issues i'm just better off just continuing to consume whatever and and i don't normally have any trouble with my my stomach and in the second half of the race the trail became so technical that i wasn't able to eat my race bars <laughs> but <laughs> at that point i you know was you know, two thirds of the way done. And I just knew I just needed to, if I just keep eating gels and drinking water, it's going to make it. So, mm. yeah. So in the yeah, B100, there. were you, uh, were you kind of, so, were you solo or were you, was there yeah. sort of a, yeah. Yeah. For Butte, 
Um, yeah, I would say I started out and I let what felt like a pretty big group go in front of me just because that first 50 is, it has shorter, but they're pretty punchy climbs and it's double track, like, um, four wheeler or, um, side by side type of trails and really loose. Um, but your inclination, I think if you're not, if you don't really know what you're doing is to kind of power up those shorter steep climbs. And too many of those over and over, I think that's why everyone says the second the second half is so hard because they go too hard in the first half. But the climbs are so steep. Too, I was yeah. like, I'm spinning every single one. And I was like in my granny gear, like spinning no way. every single one. And I felt Dang. like I was just crawling. So I let this big group go. Mm. And I was like, this is individual. Like, I'm not racing anyone here. Like, I just am practicing for Lego. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I rode solo for, I mean, I passed a couple people early on, but then once things spread out, I rode solo for three hours, about three hours. Mm. And then I came up on Dan McAllister, who's from Kalispell, about three and a half hours in. And I was like, okay, I'm doing something right. And we <laughs> rode together for a short time, but I just like maintained, and it was really about pacing yeah. and feeling, pacing and feeling. And then rolled through the first half and went out and did, started the second loop, which is a different course still. Um, and then eventually like passed, I think two more people so that I was, I, you know, somehow I was in third overall when I finished. Um, so it's just like really maintaining and knowing, like knowing what level you can keep going yeah, at output, for a long like, period of time. Yeah. That has to be hard for athletes to pull back right because you're saying that first half of the race it's you know you've trained you've trained you've trained and you've got to you've got to almost hold yourself totally. back from from hitting the gas yeah. so especially when you're talking about adrenaline a at, a, at a race too you show up there's a lot of anticipation sure. you're training like i remember that in my competitive years and yeah um, but you have yeah, to you like you, okay just don't yep yeah. You yeah. Just yeah. calm especially with endurance events um when you're talking about hours on the course, like there's not, it's not going to do you any good coming out hot. Um, so no. how would you compare Butte 100 to Leadville is, is, uh, so, Leadville. Yeah. I think, um, as far as the course goes, Butte is like gnarly and hard. Like it's, it's hard. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds like it. Yeah. But cause Leadville is like it's the same distance about but it's like two and a half or it's like two hours shorter in time takes me two hours less mm. um but strategically leadville also will be much different because at butte i really didn't have i really i mean i really wasn't worried about racing anybody um mm -hmm. it's very individual and it and it just yeah. kind of ended up confirming like i did post one of the fastest times on that course um ever you know so hmm. the strategy still i know i had a good day there but um yeah. going to leadville where i actually have like a deep women's field to contend with it will be more difficult because hmm. if those women start harder than i'm comfortable with it is going to yeah, be much harder to hold myself back early right. on than to go with them with you know so at, at an elite level like that so 
That's a, that's a really good point. So is there sort of, is there a, a pace that's kind of set in the beginning with the, with elite riders like you guys? Um, so if, you know, most of the pack is coming out hot, is it, is it hard to be like, oh man, I got to like, since the pack is starting out hot, I got to keep up with them because if I don't, if I let too much, you know, too much distance, yeah, you got to play catch up at some yeah, point. Yeah. There seems like there'd yeah. be a, a, a definite um, mind game there. Totally. And or do you stick to the I training? Think, like you're just like, nope, I stick to, I know what I know. I know what my output yeah. is. So I'm going to just stick to that. Hmm. So yeah. the smart thing, and in 2019, when I raced Leadville, I didn't have really any expectations. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, you know, I didn't really even know who I was racing and it's a math start. So everyone starts together. And so the other women, like you're mixed in with, every other category. I mean, there's like start corrals, but so there's a lot of people. And so you're not just in the one, you're not all with, you're not just with all the elite women. Um, and so there, it was very individual in 2019. I did, wasn't thinking about anybody else. Um, and it worked out fantastic for me. <laughs> I think I won by 17 mm. minutes. Um, oh man! This year, though, I know is going to be different. The women's field is much deeper, and I do need to just kind of solidify my my race strategy with my coach. Um, you know, early next week as we go into this. Um, yeah. Because the smart thing is, like, go with your training. You know, it's an individual effort. There's enough climbing in this mm-hmm. event that you know, it's really not going to come down to being that tactical with other racers. It's going to be pacing and feeling, pacing and feeling. (laughs) And um, I might have to dig a little deeper than I had to before because I was just riding what I felt, what felt good. Um, You know, and I might have to get a little more uncomfortable. Um, We'll see, you know, because sometimes it's like, oh, I can ride, I can ride here and I can do well. But as soon as I try to go up, like I can't, I really have a hard time going deeper and maintaining that. Like things break down so much quicker at 1%, you know, you're like, uh, nope, Mm -hmm. I just, I can go here and I can go for a long time, but I can't go harder. And so to trust that too, like go into it and trust that. (laughs) So I think, yeah, sticking to your plan and not letting who's around you, like, waver that or change that i think just i think i just need to like build my race plan and then execute it the way i plan and you know just have confidence in that performance um that it's gonna look have me finish you know and it's, yeah and even if it's not a number even if it's not a win to know that i put out my best performance that day like i have to have Mm-hmm. I have to have a lot of satisfaction in that alone. So, for sure. Yeah. I was just going to ask, what does what does racing? Okay, so we've got all these races. You've had a lot of wins. What is it? What is it giving back to you in terms of of how you who you are? You know. What yeah. Like, um. I think you know. I think racing is just a tough. It's really hard. Racing is really hard. You're forced to be mm-hmm. very vulnerable. Um. You know. You put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And there's just like heartbreak, there's defeat, it can be real, so cruel in return. Um, but yet, you know, some of us 
continue there you going are. back and we put ourselves out there and mm-hmm. we continue doing this to ourselves over and over and over. And, um, I think it taught me just really beautiful perspective. Um, it's not about a result. It's, I think it's a lot of, for me is I have a deeper purpose because I do feel like I found my calling and I feel like I've been put here for a purpose. And so whether that be representing the sport or being an example for my daughter or mm-hmm. um, mentoring the young girls that are coming up behind me mm. um, and just being like an encouragement to others. Um, those are some of the things that I really enjoy the best, but I don't get me wrong. Like I love showing up and like fighting, duking it out with the rest of them. Like, (laughs) 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 Um, like, you know, you find things in competition that you never experience in training, right? Like you, you find yourself in in a place. I mean, often. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then those experiences, they can relate back to normal life too. Mm -hmm. And I think I I find it. I love, love that. Like the crossover experience thing. Like you're so much of what you get in competitive sports is you can apply to business or like you said, I, I read an article, one of your articles talking about like how your daughter was at, at the races and she's like, mom, I want to see you up there on the podium. Why aren't you on yeah. the podium? And I'm like, that, that's yeah. like, yeah, the example you're setting for her at such a young age and, and mm-hmm. not just about for winning, sure. but the things that you just talked about, about, you know, being an influence and being a, um, you know, exampling great sportsmanship and, and all these things like that's, that is, um, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. It, I mean, it's been really incredible to get to experience it. And even, you know, I've, I've, I've had my fair share of injuries that have, you know, partly contributed to the heartbreak, you know, like those hard seasons and those hard seasons are the ones that really have defined me and where I found the most growth and hmm. gained like different perspective. Whereas now, like through those seasons, wait, 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 wait. Growth and wait, how how did you grow in the injury? Sorry, I just that was a, what you just said was pretty powerful. Um, yeah, I think I just when I was injured, I wasn't competing, and mm-hmm. almost felt like very lost. And so I mm. had to find a new piece of me where I mm. felt could feel value in myself outside of you know being at these events where I was getting mm-hmm. recognized for results. And that was probably the most powerful thing that's ever happened to me um, because, you know, racing can just be a vicious cycle and it's so based on performance. Um, But to not have that for a season. um, Yeah. I mean, I was like pretty lost and um, now, and it kind of helped me to just have a perspective now where like, I love to win. Like, I definitely love it. I love it. But, <laughs> you know, it doesn't define me. It does not define me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I get to go home to my family. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to jeopardize the things in my life that are, that I have when I don't have racing. Like, I have my husband, and I have my mm-hmm. daughter, and I have my friends, and I have my relationships, and I have you know, my other interests, I've seen and I have the mountains and I've got like this beautiful life outside of racing. 
that I don't yeah. need racing to make me happy anymore. Um, that's, that's but amazing. there was like a duration of my life when I was just finding it all that I just thought I have to perform. You know, I was putting this yeah. like really yeah. unhealthy pressure on myself. Like, Oh, I get so worked up and so much anxiety, <laughs> you know, and it, it, it worked out. It was fine. It got me to where I am. But now it's like, I don't care anymore what anyone thinks about me. <laughs> I just can, I, ha- I can go out there and I can race freely. And it is the most, it makes it so enjoyable, you know, like, yeah, it is not, that sounds like her winning formula. It is not <laughs> right, about yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and right. Um, right. That psychology is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, um, yeah, I'm a Christian and so I have like a faith that's very personal mm. and very real to me, but, um, you know, I always just like pray for like God to use me, like just use me, whether that be, mm. you know, me helping, someone on the side of the trail in the event or um you know let me win <laughs> and just whatever it is like just use it for your glory you know and then i feel That's like beautiful. i do the work i put in the training i do the work i i mm-hmm. control what i can control and then i just pray that he'll step in as he wants to on race day whether that be a positive thing or not like I've already won. It doesn't matter. Like the victory's already yeah. been won. So, right, because it could be a lesson. You just never know what it's. Yeah, be, like right? I could get injured yeah. and not even finish. But that mm. wasn't what it was meant to be that day. So, yeah, yeah, right, right. yeah. That's, gosh, wow. I couldn't agree with that more. That's beautiful. Amen to that. Um, when we understand God's plans bigger than <laughs> bigger than ours and totally um, and yeah start, and it's yeah, uh, like it's a beautiful we just do thing. the work yeah and you know we all have to be broken at points you know to to find yeah to find that true. deeper um that that depth and growth you know so yeah I agree. even though you yeah. you know it's like oh that was a rough season um but yeah it just really made me who i am today as an athlete and a mom and like my commitment to jesus and my family and you know it's just like really good yeah, that's that's He's so mountain beautiful. athlete. Yeah. All right, so we got Leadville coming up. How far out are you from Leadville? Uh, one week from today. <laughs> oh, dang. yeah. <laughs> yep. So All right. Next so week at this we, time, yep, I'm gonna be out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna follow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's why you're in Colorado. You're in Colorado yeah. right now, right? Yes. Yes, I got staying? here Where a week ago. At? What part? We're um, at Copper Mountain. Yep, I'm uh, just about oh, 9,700 feet here, and I implemented, I should also mention, I did implement this spring, I got an altitude tent um, from Mountain Air Health here in Boulder, Colorado, and yeah. so I also have been altitude training at home, um, and I did that not knowing with COVID and things and family logistics if I was going to be able to come early to this race, or mm-hmm. Nationals was also in Winter Park, but um, so I think that has also really helped me just in my, um, acclimating to the yeah, elevation. Sure. Um, but For also sure. just having an opportunity to come early. Um, I have a really good, uh, logistics opportunity with like a family friend who has property here. So it's really, really good. And so I have you're my in daughter a here. nice, comfortable space before they're, oh, and die. Oh, totally. Cool. Yeah. So I have my daughter here um, with me and she's 
going to, she has a summer camp here. So, um, you know, I can train and she's busy and happy and, and then there's lots of activities right. and, um, so she'll be with me up until the race. And then, um, I, our family friend's going to fly her home for me. So, cause I go from Leadville, um, the day after Leadville, I start the Breck Epic, which is a six day mountain bike stage race based out of Breckenridge. Um, so I'm really mm. doing like seven big, huge days of racing in a row. It's going to break me, but <laughs> I couldn't have her here for that. Okay. It would just be like too much. Okay, with that, I got one more question before we close it out. Um, and recovery. So with with the back-to-back races like that, um, especially, we're actually the same age, 38. So I know like okay. recovery's become more and more important. And that's yeah. hence why I started the Mountain Wellness Recovery Den. So what, like, what does that look like? Are you getting... Um, yeah, what does it look like? That's That's a lot of racing in a short period of time. Yeah. And big, big, hard stages too. So, um, Mm -hmm. my strategy is all in for Leadville. Like that's my priority. Um, and then I'm just gonna, you know, ride the Breck Epic basically. Um, and, and finish, you know, without falling apart. (laughs) Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, race every day in the morning, and then every afternoon, it's going to be staying off your feet, um, you know, massage, um, eating really well, eating a lot, eating really well, and really focusing on taking extra naps and trying to sleep, um, long yeah. nights of sleep. So sleep, so, massage, like just, yeah. Yeah. And then if I have like the elevated legs or like Norma tech or an opportunity for something like that, um, to do that. But yeah, I mean, just outside of racing, like you're just really chilling, chilling and trying mm. to refuel. Um, so, and making sure you're comfortable yeah. and, you know, super low key, I think. Sure. And then, you know, Sweet. like I don't supplement a ton, but just, I'll take, um, goo makes also make some supplements. So I take like their magnesium supplements and BCAAs mm. and electrolytes. So just a few things. And then I find that the magnesium helps me sleep a little better. And, um, yeah. So, you know, like there's only so much you can do in either way. It's going to be painful, but <laughs> yeah <laughs> no you mentioned like the the biggest one is sleep like that yeah there's you know people have like try to get all these fancy protocols and all this tech equipment it's like go in a dark room and sleep like just <laughs> yeah like, um so I hear you. good stuff yeah. thank you so much like that yeah. like you shared so much good stuff with us and you're um, welcome yeah, we're we're totally stoked for not only your win on the Butte 100, but going into Leadville. I know we're going to be rooting for you and following you now. And yeah, um, this is uh, it's been a good time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Would you it. like to uh, plug any of your, your your team or sponsors or anything like that? I know you gave quite a few shout outs to Goo, um, but I'm sure you got oh, some yeah. great partners. That- well. Um, I do. I, so I guess I should just update, um, for those that don't maybe know, but I did ride for the Stan's Pivot Pro Team for five years and it was a beautiful chapter of my career. 
And then that team ended at the end of 2020. So I um, was invited to join the, or I guess it was the premier year for the Juliana SRAM Pro team. And so um, I'm riding for Juliana and uh, they're owned by Santa Cruz. So um, it's like the women's, women's line. And they launched yeah. a new XC bike this year called the Wilder. And um, so that it's been fabulous. I've had a really great opportunity with them. And, um, you know, Smith Optics has stepped in and really helped me out. And Maxis Tires. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I had the opportunity to continue racing. Because it's like, gosh, you know, if the door closes, like, is this the end for me? And, no, new opportunity presented itself. So here I am. <laughs> Yeah, keep keep going. Yeah, the, the doors open when you're following your purpose. It seems to work that way. We found. I agree. Yeah, it's uh, yeah when you're aligned with God's God's uh, mission and purpose. It's it's uh, yeah. beautiful things happen. Yeah. All right, where can they find Good. you on the socials? Thank you. Uh, most active on Instagram at rosecadegrant or at rosecadegrant. Yeah, <laughs> on Instagram. That's where I found her. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys. All right. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Thank you. thank you so much for coming on the show. You can find us at uh, on Instagram, mountainwellness.podcast. Um, you can find us at mountainwellness.life website. Shoot us an email uh, if you got any questions or uh, just want to reach out to us. And then make sure to go ahead and give us a review. Give us a shout out for our gear product review and giveaway for next week and we'll catch you guys on the next episode hope you have a great week peace yep best of luck on your race thanks The information provided on the Mountain Wellness Podcast is for educational purposes only and not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 